So, Jason, did you uh, get a good night of sleep last night? Um, no, I did not. Um, so, one of the uh, great things about being a South African is that you have access to the Kruger National Park. And uh, it's kind of like this really large uh, area where there's lots of animals that roam free. Uh, and basically, you will you get in your car in the mornings and you drive out of these camps. And uh, the idea is to, you know, spend the day uh, driving through the wilderness, looking at animals, you know, doing all that kind of thing. But the, and, and those animals just fucked with your sleep. No, but the, the thing is, like, if you've ever been to the Kruger Park, there's uh, kind of this almost like tradition that you are supposed to wake up super early. Oh, uh, God. And then you <laughs> you have to uh, sit in your car at the gates uh, and be there before the gates open because the, the uh, logic being that most of the animals will have uh, gone out hunting in the night and then they're coming home and they're potentially going to have a little bit of a sleep. Um, or, so it's the best time to go and uh, find animals. So uh, this morning I woke up at about half past five had like a quick shower uh, in the car and we went out to go see some animals. Um, well, it sounds, it sounds like it's fun, but also I, I hate waking up at like five, especially when my body isn't used to it. I, I find like this, this morning I woke up at five thirty cause my brother's visiting and he gets up at five thirty to go and run and stuff. And uh, I find when I do wake up late, I'm just kind of a bit, in a bit of a daze the entire day. You know, I can get stuff done. You know, I can go about my day and do things. Um, but I'm definitely not firing on all cylinders. I'm not functioning as optimally as as I could be. And uh, at the end of last year, I read a book called Why We Sleep, which has become quite prolific, well, quite widespread. Um, and I think in some cases a bit exaggerated, but the basis of it is we need sleep consistent sleep uh to just function and for health and longevity and all of that good stuff um and i i certainly feel it when i wake up early like this um but it turns out that most of the population is actually chronically sleep deprived because of the way that we structure our societies uh, do you do you find that when you're working from the office you're tired more often than when you're working from home um, so I, I definitely feel like there's this, this degree of synchronization, right? Where we, uh, basically your sleep cycle is basically synchronizing you to a certain rhythm. Uh, and, and it kind of goes, I mean, I've, I've done a bit of, uh, free diving recently and it's kind of the same with uh, a thing called cardarrhythmia. So when you breathe in a certain way, your heart can, uh, actually adjust its, uh, tempo to, you know, as as you breathe deeper and hold your breath, then your heart will slow down. So there's definitely within the body, there's these kind of, uh, you know, rhythms and uh, being able to have a decent night of sleep and also a consistent uh, sleep pattern, I think is what's really uh, good for me. And one of the things of coming here is uh, because you can't really go out uh, late in the night, you tend to go home earlier because there's a curfew and you actually it's more easy for me to wake up at a specific time. 
I'll definitely say that the curfew has has made my sleep schedule a bit better because it's impossible to you know stay out past twelve. You're yeah. back home by ten, uh, and you know it's time it's time to go to sleep. Um, I do I have found that since I've been working for myself is I don't have an alarm right and I, I don't wake up with an alarm anymore unless I've got a, a specific appointment that I need to be at. Um, and instead of trying to find the right time to go to sleep, what I do is I just let myself go to sleep and then I wake up when I naturally wake up. Uh, it's worked out pretty well for me. It's like I'm very rarely sleep deprived unless I have a good reason to be sleep deprived. And it's, I've certainly felt, since I've been training, I've been exercising regularly as well. I can tell if I've had a good night of sleep by the performance that I put into my into my workout it affects yeah. me enough to just be mindful of that yeah. um so what you said about about cardiorrhythmia is is very interesting and i think that you know all of this ties into your into your circadian rhythm um i i like the word circadian rhythm because it <laughs> it's got its it's got its latin roots yeah it's just circa circa diem it's just about a day your rhythm yeah. that lasts about a day and there's lots of you know, hormonal fluctuations that happen during the day to prep you for sleep, to wake you up in the morning. Your, uh, so many things come into play over here. Your light exposure affects your sleep, your food that you eat, the amount of caffeine that you ingest, at what times each of these things are done. And we can dig into each of these as we, as we go along. Um, but I think I'll, I'll preface it by saying that I had to, start being a lot more mindful about the caffeine I was drinking. Uh, but I would, I would say, isn't that also because like for me, I felt like uh, even though I was going to, going to a different place to work, um, there was still not a lot of energy expenditure during my day. Uh, and well, maybe it is also, also because like as I'm getting a little bit older, but I remember like uh, my first job, I used to drink like loads of coffees and I still managed to get to sleep. And maybe it's also like the, you know, your brain uses a lot of energy. You're, you're moving around a lot during the day. Um, you may be doing things later into the night. So it's, you're using up those energy stores. Um, so maybe you get a little bit more pooped at the end of the day. Uh, I know like from the last few days uh, in the park, it's like, you know, you're waking up early. You're doing, you're like not really doing a lot, but you are kind of actively looking for things and it's, it's kind of, uh, you know, quite an intensive mental exercise to try and spot all of these animals in, in like this basically a, a bunch of sand uh, <laughs> or like burnt sticks. Um, and then by the end of the day, you like feel wrecked and you like just want to go to bed. Um, yeah, I'll definitely say that I, I feel more spent in, I feel more ready for sleep if I've had a day of mental strenuousness mm. more than a day of physical strenuousness. Um mm. And it turns out that there's actually quite a lot of that is that your brain uses up the, the most of the energy uh, that you ingest. And I was, what was I watching? I was watching the Netflix Explained uh, series. They, they released a new one on chess. Okay. And it turns out grandmasters, when they're competing, uh, burn about 8,000 calories a day. Wow. Which is... A huge amount for for context that's about as much as an olympic swimmer mm. would burn in a day 
and they're you know keeping their body warm and they're expending a huge amount of physical energy so it turns out that yeah you're if you are uh using your brain a lot during the day you tend to be more exhausted at the end of the day so one thing that i did find interesting is that when we had full full lockdown here in in south africa couldn't leave the house at all except to pick up groceries it completely ruined my sleep is at the end of the day i just was not tired because i hadn't done much throughout the day and mm -hmm. so i would struggle to get to sleep or i would wake up in the middle of the night and struggle to fall asleep again and then you know that would just kind of like bounce me about because then at nine o'clock in the morning i would be extraordinarily tired and i'd sleep in until 11 and then i wouldn't be able to sleep again that night and it just stacked on top of itself yeah, again yeah. and again and i would supplement with caffeine to try and keep me awake and then or to wake me up in the mornings and then that would have a knock-on effect on <laughs> my sleep yeah i find i find like the the worst like for me when I do have quite an early deadline uh, of something or other, like whether it's like to take a flight or if you have like some assignment or something that you're doing the next day and it's really early, you like if, while I'm sleeping, I kind of have this nervousness of like, I'm going to miss that appointment. So I, whenever there's like a flight to take the next day early, I kind of like just like panic the night before and never, like never have a good night's sleep. Which is kind of good because when you're going onto a flight, you kind of you you want to be tired so that you can kind of sleep a bit on the flight too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it kind of it's these these kind of uh, like things can knock you out of that that uh, synchronicity, mm. and uh, it's it's a, it's about like trying to figure out the best ways to get you back on track. What would you say is the, the kind of things? Say you went out for a night and you had a little bit of a longer. Uh, evening what are the kind of things that you do to sink yourself back into that that pattern? so so i despite being very very tempted to back when i was in university i would just sleep in well past midday but yeah. now even if i'm not feeling great or not feeling up to it i'll make sure to like get up by the latest 11 just so that i don't like have that knock on effect going into the weekend even if i feel like i require coffee to to stay awake is I'm I'm not drinking caffeine after twelve. Uh, caffeine is an interesting one because it has a really long half life, which is uh, the um, period of time it takes for your body to have well for fifty percent of it to still be in your system. So it's got about an eight hour half life, which means that it actually stays in your system for longer than that, and you still feel the residual effects of it later on. And what I found with coffee, and this has to do with uh, maybe completely butchering the biology over here, so I apologize to anyone listening <laughs> who's like, fuck Herman, he doesn't know biology. <laughs> Essentially what happens is caffeine looks like a hormone that is supposed to be uptaken by your brain to, to make you tired. And it just looks a lot like it, so it takes up those receptors instead of that hormone. And so you don't get tired as a result. But that doesn't necessarily, after the first the first simulation where it simulates your adrenal system, is you don't actually feel more awake. You just can't get to sleep, mm. which is a interesting catch-22 over there. Um, so I'll make sure to not have caffeine too late. And maybe like a good amount of, of activity, 
mm. you know, even if it is just like a walk or something, if I'm just sitting on the couch uh, doing nothing for the entire day, there's not a chance I'm getting to sleep. Yeah. And one of the one of the things that I've I've kind of uh, noticed is um, if you have a particularly lo like long and arduous week, uh, and this is probably more for the people who who have kind of more consistent uh, like day to day jobs, is like I feel like I do a lot of work during the week, and I didn't need to overcompensate for that hard work week by staying up late and like binging series or you know doing something completely not really good for yourself um and that for me like that knocks me really out of like out of sync but what i generally do is i usually do it on a friday and saturday and then sunday i like you know wake up early and then just have like try and have like a decent day um but i think it is maybe just a, a factor of you know having a a five-day work week and you only have two days to relax you know yeah um, I, I hear you you can't you can probably uh you know better the situation by just making sure that you uh, kind of do more better time boxing and uh, better work-life balance but it is something that like you know i feel you kind of I, and i see it with um you know people in in high intensity jobs like accountants lawyers those kind of people uh you generally see them like tearing it up on a friday night because they've only got a short window of time to mm. actually en enjoy themselves yeah i hear you uh so there's there's a book that i read last year that was uh, quite quite good uh it's called chasing the sun and the entire book is just about how light affects our circadian rhythm and our physical and mental health in general <laughs> i could definitely attest to that because uh for me um uh, one of the things i've started to do is is uh leave my curtain open and slightly uh mm -hmm. and one i guess one of the great things about being in South Africa is there's not too much of a time shift when it comes to summer and winter. Like I found uh, from arriving in uh, December all the way up until now that I've kind of been able to wake up at 7.30 and that's kind of a time where the sun's already starting to come up. So mm. you, you can get into a better rhythm, but when I was leaving uh, the UK last year, it was like really dark pretty much the whole day. So... I don't know, maybe you get those artificial clocks where you can kind of have that light go on, uh, or maybe you just rig up a Raspberry Pi of some sort. <laughs> right. but, but I think it definitely makes it a lot easier to get up. And It, uh, it certainly does. I do the same thing with, with my blinds. Uh, at just to, In the summer, I might lower them, and in the winter, I try and leave them open so that I get that natural light in the morning. Mm. But, so what it does is it actually uh, it slows down or stops your melatonin production, mm. which allows you to wake up. Um, what's fairly interesting is how we've kind of sabotaged ourselves in that we have very low light environments that we work in now. We're not exposed to natural light very often. You'll essentially like wake up in your low light house, you'll go to a, your low light office, and then you'll come back to your low light, uh, your low light house again. And because you are never exposed to bright natural light, your body never shuts off this melatonin production. Conversely, when it's time to go to sleep, we have a whole bunch of artificial light that's on late into the night. So your body never starts producing enough melatonin. Well, it doesn't start producing melatonin with a lot of urgency. And so it puts off this, this sleep production 
for a while as well. And so that's that's super interesting in that we we're really bad at waking up and we're really bad at going to sleep purely because of our light expo- exposure. Hmm. Do you uh, do you dream? Or do you have dreams? <laughs> I do have dreams. Uh, well, everyone has dreams all the time. It's just whether you can remember them as the... Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, but do you have any any uh, kind of... Do you dream every night, would you say? Or I dream most I, nights. I feel you can get, like, mm-hmm. when it comes to sleep, like, I feel more rested uh, when I've had a good dream. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's probably something to do with, you know, getting into your deep REM sleep. Um. But yeah, I mean, I feel really rested after that. But it's very rare that I have dreams that I can remember. Uh, yeah, so I, I actually remember remember my dreams, my dreams fairly often, uh, or at least most of the time. It's briefly in the morning, and then they kind of disappear into obscurity. Um, but uh, I had a I had a bit of a weird one a couple nights ago where I just had these really big ears that kind of loop back on themselves <laughs> and then like reattached to my head. It was actually pretty gross. And I woke up and uh, well, I, and then when I opened my jaw really wide, they're like detached. And <laughs> I, I woke up in the morning, like, Oh my, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've had like, um, I've had a, I think when I was uh, sick, I had a dream where like I woke up in my dream so I I could tell that it was kind of a you know I was like something's off here and then I tried to wake myself up in the dream and then I woke up but I was actually still in a dream. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's a false start. It's yeah, it was quite weird because you're kind of like almost mentally fighting like that that state and I and I've uh, had heard of a few people who on occasion like they don't like they struggle to move when they wake up because obviously when you wake up, you start to get hormone. I don't know the, the scientific hormone for it, but your body can start to move a little bit more. Um, but some people have actually woken up uh, without that process happening. So their body's kind of like just still asleep, but their head's awake, uh, yeah. which is quite weird. That's a, that's a really interesting one. So that's, that's uh, sleep paralysis. Hmm. And so what happens is your your body releases these chemicals that essentially paralyze you while you sleep. And when people uh, move a lot in their sleep, it's because they don't have enough of that secretion in their body when they are asleep. Um, but for most healthy people, uh, you you don't move when you sleep, or you move only when you like wake up slightly and shuffle around and get comfortable again, and then then fall asleep. Um, but the inverse happens is mm. when some people wake up and their bodies haven't uh, haven't stopped this paralytic process. So you just lie there fully awake, yeah. fully aware, but your body can't move. That sounds absolutely terrifying. Yeah. But, but There was a person I dated uh, once who uh, they were raised like very Christian. And she she believed in in demons, and uh, someone had one point had told her like when that happens, it means that there's a demon sitting on your chest. Oh, wow! She was absolutely terrified. Yo, that's, that's crazy. Um, I really like what really fascinates me is there's a, that there's a couple like a couple of tricks you can do to to pick up when you're in a dream. Yeah. Uh, 
So one of them is if you if you wear a watch that you look down at your watch and then you look back at it and the time has moved a, a great distance. Um, so like you'll look at it, it's 12 o'clock and then you look away and then you look at it again, it'll be like four o'clock. And that's how you can kind of trigger that you in a dream. Uh, and the other one is to look down at a page of, in a book and then you like look down and then you close it and look at it again. Um, that's, that's interesting. And I figured out what it is for me is if, uh, if I'm, if I'm not sure if I'm in a dream, what I do is I try to jump like from like a meter in front of me, just like a little leap. Mm. Every time I jump in my dreams is I'll jump and it's dramatic. Right. Mm. I'll like, won't make any, I won't move in physical space and then I'll find myself horizontal and then I'll yeah. like need to pick myself up off the floor and like try and jump again. And if it becomes a very frustrating process, then, then I'm still in a dream. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's actually fascinating because like once you do what you want, if you have that trick uh, or you know that kind of knack, uh, like you almost immediately snap into like a lucid dream uh, and mm -hmm. you can kind of like almost control what's going on, which is really fascinating because I've heard of people who can like, you know, study for tests in those, in those lucid dreams, but I just, I, I can't do that level. I just like, you know, fool around and fly around and do do like weird stuff but it's such yeah a fascinating I, I, wouldn't, uh, I, I wouldn't put too much weight into <laughs> people using it as productive time because also keep in mind that like we're not entirely sure why we dream but we know that it is a process that our body goes through or our brain goes through to do some organization and some house cleaning hmm. um and at, at a very rough level so if you are starting to study firstly what material are you going to study you mm. can't bring your textbook into yeah. the dream with you that's why um, you got to do osmosis and put it on your pillow <laughs> <then>. <laughs> right. so you got it there when you need to <laughs> yeah you just you just suck it in through the pillow <laughs> um and the second one is you certainly can't practice any physical skills because mm. uh as i said i can barely jump yeah but i mean also <laughs> i i i've uh i've seen that or i read an article once that was that even the act of um, mentally going through an exercise can, in fact, make you better at makes you better mm. at exercise. So I guess there is an element of you know I, I don't know how you would I guess you could manifest it in a lucid dream and maybe you're uh, as you're thinking about the process of you know say you're a high jumper and you think about the, the steps and the different motions maybe it does solidify in your brain. Make it hey, more like I mean, this is, this is all purely speculation. Pure speculation, but I have out. I have heard, and for me, it actually like before I did <laughs> my motorcycle test, I actually uh, the night before, I just like mentally went through the different state steps or the different things just to get it like more solidified. Obviously, I did like three three like practices three days prior so uh, <laughs> right and you got your motorcycle license therefore this technique works it's yeah like, no, no, this needs to be studied <laughs> yeah exactly and also um it does definitely make it for me it makes it way easier um like the first time you try something you're mm -hmm. like hmm don't do it then you go to sleep the next day you're like this is a dream like it's it's so easy and, yeah. and it came it probably was for you or during uh, studying when you like studying <clears throat> like you you like study for an exam uh if you cram the night before then you kind of don't have that night's sleep to kind of solidify all of those uh, sort of this is actually something that is covered in in why we sleep uh quite quite extensively is it turns out that we do need 
the sleep components to essentially shift short-term memories to long-term memories. So if you are cramming, it doesn't make sense to forego sleep in order to study more. It would actually be in your best interest to go through everything lightly, get your full your full eight hours of sleep, and then maybe revise it again in the morning, as opposed to trying to get as much studying as you can in during the night. Mm. Uh, the the second one over there is that when it comes to physical skills, in uh, in a lot of cases, and they did a study with people who were uh, learning new pieces on the piano. So these are pr- professional pianists, mm. and in order for them to kind of like lock in how to play a piece of music, they tended to have to learn the music and then sleep. And then only post-sleep could they play the the music with any fluency, which I think is quite fascinating. And it kind of goes to show how little we really know about how our brains work and what sleep is for. And uh, how how long do you sleep? I sleep about nine hours a night. Is I'm I'm a bit of a longer sleeper. Turns out that the eight hours is really just the average, and people tend to sleep between six and 10 hours, uh, according to different different characteristics and also different stages in their life. Like older people sleep a lot less than young people. Um, if people tell you that they can survive on five hours of sleep per night or less, they probably can't. There are very, very, very few people in the world. We're talking like, you know, less than 10,000 people who have the genetic component that allows them to sleep for a very short period of time with no negative benefits is you probably feel like you're okay, but you're actually operating as if you're, you know, under the influence. Yeah. I had a housemate who apparently could do that. Uh, like an accountant slash fencer. It was quite, quite incredible because you could like sleep like for really short amounts of time and still be like very physically and mentally active. Um, yeah. Well, like good, good on her. Um, I do believe that if she managed to get more sleep, she would operate at a better level. Mm. But maybe she's, a, mean, maybe she's genetically, you know, lucky, yeah, lucky. Um, yeah, yeah I, I would love to only sleep five hours a night. So I, mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, there's also all of those, um, uh, like back in the day, they used to have different types of sleep cycles or sleep stages. Um, so there was like two. Uh, the you, you would go to sleep, you would wake up, you would have some food, you would sleep again, and it's a different cycle. Uh, so you're not doing just the, the sleep and and the awake cycle. So we we go through uh, during our our sleep. We have the um, we have two different sleep stages. Uh, I think in one point five hour um, segments. So you go into uh, REM sleep and then non-REM sleep and we essentially want to get through as many full cycles as we can of each of those up to a certain point of course mm. um, and it, when you wake up and you feel really like badly rested despite having gotten enough hours of sleep it's generally because you've awoken in the middle of a cycle as opposed to at the end of the cycle where your sleep is the lightest mm. so ideally you would sleep for um, you know, and again, this 1.5 hours is an average between people. It's generally going to be a little bit more, a little bit less. Um, 
But if you find that you sleep for, you know, seven and a half hours, and that's when you feel the most rested, it's generally because you have exactly one and a half hour sleep mm -hmm. cycles. So you go, you know, one hour, uh, one hour non-REM, uh, sorry, one and a half hours non-REM, one and a half hours REM. Yeah. Again and again. And then between the, between the fifth and sixth cycle, you wake. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that's that's a fairly interesting one. We've we definitely are doing a lot of research on sleep science. Um, yeah, I I again highly recommend Why We Sleep. It goes very deep into the science of it, but it's also one of those books where it's so dense that I couldn't tell you exactly what happened <laughs> in the book, except for that it's important for you to get your sleep. Actually, arguably the most important yeah. for you to get your sleep. You've got like at the top of your most important things, it's sleep, then food, then exercise, and yeah. then everything else. Yeah. Um, did you get the audiobook version, or did you get the the physical like uh, Kindle? I got the physical book. Okay. Um, I, I tend to find with with nonfiction books like that is if it's the audiobook version, I just kind of zone out and mm. I'm like, oh. Someone's talking. Um, where and I'm also a lot faster of a reader than the audiobook can provide, uh, so I can okay. kind of like I'm go not, through. It. I'm not a very fast reader, but I did purchase uh, the audiobook for uh, Why We Sleep. Uh, yes, yeah, give it, give it a listen. Um, what's your What's your stance on uh, napping? Ooh, I have a <laughs> I have a love hate relationship with napping. Actually, no, I I hate naps. The thing is that naps always seem like a good idea to me is it'll be like three o'clock in the afternoon and I'm sitting on the couch and I've probably just like wound up the work that I need to do for the day. And I'm just idly like looking through some stuff, maybe reading an article mm. and I'll feel my eyes start to droop. Yeah. <laughs> and at that time, it just seems like such a good idea to take a nap. Yeah. It's like, hmm, that's what I need to do right now is I need to take a nap. So what I do is because I know that if my nap extends over like 20 or 30 minutes that I'll go into deep sleep and then mm. it will be really, really tough for me to wake up again. I'll set myself a, a little alarm. I'll just be like, yo, uh, yo Siri, you know, uh, wake me up in, in half an hour. The thing is that like that half hour comes, my alarm goes off. I wake up <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that was so good. I'm just yeah. going to actually extend that for a bit. <laughs> and then like two hours later, I crawl out of the, or like off the couch, like what year is it? And my eyes are red and I'm blurry and I never wake up. I don't wake up again for the rest of the day, mm. but I can, but I can't get to sleep because yeah. that, that sleep's kind of been satisfied. So then I'm awake until one o'clock in the morning <laughs> because I went and I took a nap. Yeah. I think that there is a way to, to nap safely, but I am a reckless napper yeah. and it is bad for me. I do the same. I like, uh, immediately go into sleep, like sleep mode and also just like the, the, Act of like getting onto your bed and like you kind of like mm, this is this is where I should be you know, having a good night's sleep. So sometimes I will pro like uh, just prolong my awake time uh, until I get to like the actual you know designated <laughs> sleep time, which for me is around ten. I would say. Um, well, let's let's talk let's talk more broadly about about sleep hygiene. So let's mm -hmm. just like rattle off quite a few things that are recommended for people to get a good night of sleep. Um, the first one is temperature in your room is ideally it's going to be cool, but not cold and certainly not hot is we don't like it. We don't like sleeping when we're hot. <clears throat> um, the second one is just a consistent sleep wake time. 
So if you can like set up a consistent sleep wake time, that'll be great. Making sure that there isn't light in your room. So mm. some blackout curtains. Um, and hopefully with these, with uh, making sure there isn't light, also making sure there, there isn't sound and distractions that wakes you up. That's that's fairly obvious. Um, we've already covered, you know, taking caffeine in moderation in the afternoons or not, or not at all. Uh, not eating directly for bed, before bed. So like giving yourself a good hour and a half of your last meal before going to sleep and also winding down for the night um making sure you have your screens adjust so screen that time. they're not you know they're not yeah. pumping light into your eyes maybe like turn your lights down so that or turn your only turn on the lights that are a bit softer don't have like yeah. those elect those like sterile white lights blaring mm. um and uh then you know in my case is like if i if i'm looking for a good night's sleep i've got a, a little uh, essential oil burner in my room mm. just get some lavender going it's like that that scent is like oh this is relaxed time this is sleep time um and certainly for me and this is something that i have learned is do not code before bed <laughs> because then you will lie in bed and you will think about that yeah, code. you will think about the code 100 um one of the things um that i do is um I have this meditation app that I can sometimes use if I want to try and get to sleep and it combines, you know, uh, breathing exercises and then you basically uh, switch off your different parts of your body and you go through a process and it can kind of help you detach from that that uh, kind of when your mind's racing or when you're thinking about work, um, which I, I kind of find is quite useful. But on the other hand, if... One thing that works for me is if I can't get to sleep, I, it's good not to get too uh, upset with yourself that you can't get mm -hmm. to sleep. Um, and I'd rather just like wake up and like read or do something else rather than try and force myself to sleep. But yeah. I think it's better or easier for me to synchronize to the morning wake up uh, where I wake up at 7.30, then I have a cold shower and then it basically manages to like synchronize me into that. Yeah, in fact, the matter is that you're, if you're waking up at a reasonable time and you're not drinking caffeine after midday, you're, you'll probably be fine. Um, yeah. The, uh, what I tend to do to get to sleep, or what I do in the, when I get into bed is I read. I've got a Kindle, um, and I read for anywhere between 15 minutes and an hour and a half before like, I start like skipping words, and then I know, okay, my body's ready to sleep, turn off my bedside table light, and I'm out within the next minute or two. Um, the I realized that it's really, I, I don't know how I, how I slept when I was a kid where you just get into bed and then you go to sleep is <laughs> I kind of need to have a little bit of like limited mental stimulation in order to get to sleep. Otherwise my head will sit and think about things. Um, yeah that will keep me awake. So just having like a light attention on something, whether it be reading or a podcast. Mm. Uh, Although podcasts. Yeah. Uh, and this is this one. <laughs> yeah, this is this one. <laughs> no, but I also I, like sometimes over the last few days, uh, I've kind of like uh, tried to go to sleep with certain podcasts because some of them are like really like technical or boring enough to kind of make you kind of zone out or it's, it's good to have like a bit of conversation in the background. 
Um, but other times you listen to a podcast and you're just like, well, I am now awake and I've got ideas and I need to write Absolutely. them down. So, so it really depends on the content that you're reading. I certainly yeah. do. I never listen to the Indie Hackers podcast because mm. that, that leaves me with ideas and stuff. Um, the podcasts that I have listened to that have put me to sleep are um, Stuff You Should Know, which they just like talk about ballpoint pens or like talk <laughs> about Russian SARS. Um but one that I discovered recently is actually specifically to fall asleep to, and it's called uh, Nowhere or the city of the town of Nowhere. Mm. And it's a person who writes these short stories that don't really go anywhere. And, oh, wow. you know, they, they're very descriptive in the scenery. So you kind of get immersed in that, but there isn't like a compelling story and you don't want to know what happens next. And, <laughs> You're not like racing with ideas. <laughs> it reminds um, me of like an old man who's trying to tell you about his his history in the war or something. <laughs> it's like what whoa. <laughs> there is another podcast, and I actually couldn't I couldn't follow this one. It's uh, by a guy called uh, Dearest Scooter or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And is it's like a, it's specifically for falling asleep. And some people swear by this dude, and mm. he just rambles on. He's just this old guy, and he just rambles on in a Californian <laughs> accent about the most random shit. Yeah. And, I, I actually just get frustrated. I'm like, this guy's this guy's just I'm not stimulated. I'm just yeah. listening to an old man ramble. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's only so many times you can hear like about the same story and how, many, <laughs> how how you like met his wife or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I I certainly uh I would certainly like to be able to just like crawl into bed and then not have to uh listen to something. Like some people, yeah, the, the old adage of, you know, counting sheep is, mm. if you think about it, that's just a certain kind of, of meditation where yeah. you sit and you have a mental exercise that you go through to fall asleep. And that actually would be really cool. So like, let's take, for instance, the meditation that you do if you can't get to sleep, where mm. you are mindfully shutting down each part of your body. You start at the top of your head and you work, you soften the muscles in your face. No, you your got, the head's lost. Heads last. So okay, you go, so you, you start your toes. toes and come up. Great. So, like, if you can internalize that, like, if you can remember that, and you can set like a good tempo for yourself, and actually mm -hmm. take yourself through that meditation uh, each night and get really used to it, it would be so cool because that would be kind of like the off button for you. It's yeah. like it's time to it's time to go to sleep, and then you just lie down, you close your eyes, and boop, you mm -hmm. turn yourself off. But it's, I think it's also, you're right, it's kind of a process that you have to have over, over the, you know, the, basically the second half of the day. <laughs> you stop your yeah. caffeine, you know, like you don't do something too mentally strenuous towards the end of the day. You uh, dim the lights in your house so you, you feel like you're living in you know, the olden times where there was only candlelight. <laughs> oh, man, I love candlelight. I mean, I, I, I've never really in, enjoyed it, but like lately I've been really appreciative of mood lighting. I'm just like, yeah, that's a good lamp, you know? Uh, and then also... I'm, I'm a lighting, I'm a lighting bitch. Is, uh, <laughs> in my room, I've got, uh, I've got a globe that simulates kind of like a warm uh, filament bulb. Mm. And then my my bedside table lamps uh both of them are like very warm and very soft lights and uh i i'm i love good lighting in a house mm. the bulb in my bathroom went out and my housemate went and replaced it with this like 
electric blue, whoa, this electric white gold, <laughs> like sears your brain if you go if you go into it to brush your teeth in the afternoon i'm like no this is not gonna do yeah like this has got to go we have to have like a warm light in the bathroom because i'm going to brush my teeth before i go to bed yeah. every night and if i go into a surgery room right before going to bed it's gonna wake me up and you know throw me off <laughs> one one actual trick that i i learned uh for that is like when you wake up and you need to switch on a light if you close one of your eyes when you switch the light on Apparently, because of the way that your your retinas like adjust to the light, it kind of doesn't have so much of an effect. Because like when you like go from dark to putting on that light, your eyes basically constrict. Yeah. Um, and you can actually, you know, when you switch it off, your you can have your kind of night vision again. So it doesn't kind of blind you, and then you switch it off, and then you can't see. Yeah, dude, that's that's the whole pirate the pirate method, right? Yeah, I mean that's probably why they wore it so that when they go outside, you know, they yeah, they like go beneath <laughs> deck and then above deck, they yeah. need to retain their night vision when they go up on the poop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, and also I think for for me, I mean, you you wake up quite naturally by yourself. Like for me, like one of the like biggest investments and the greatest things that I've ever done is buy myself an alarm clock. Um, because you can like move your cell phone out of your out of your room and you basically have an alarm clock and it's a very monotonous like beep 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 and it's like no and it's like jingle bells or whatever goes on with most of the alarm clocks and also mm. when you switch off your alarm you don't actually go immediately into like texting mode or like you know um, yeah checking for, the news for long... or hacking news mode um, yeah for a long period of time I didn't take my my phone into my bedroom at all. And then that kind of disappeared during hard lockdown, along with all my good intentions. Um, it's actually something that I would like to get back into again, because you know, like research has shown that if a phone is on the table at a like at a dinner, is it distracts you even if it's not making any noise. Um, mm. And I'd say the same thing happens in in you know in bed. Is I'll certainly find that if I'm reading. And my phone is on my bedside table. Is I'll check it a couple of times before I go to sleep. It's mm -hmm. on silent because I don't want it to make any noise while I'm sleeping. Yeah. But just the fact that it is there, it is like using up a bit of my mental energy, keeping yeah, keeping a running tab on, on it. So you know what? I'm gonna leave my phone outside of my room tonight. I'm gonna take the charger and put it in well, the lounge and yeah. uh, see how that goes again. So that can be your your uh, your kind of sleep goal for one year's time. You're gonna be one of those people who. Uh, leaves your phone out all the time, and you never uh, for a year going to yeah. have taken it in. Uh, I, I, also, think... I also just went to the uh, to the not the dentist, but the periodontist, which is the gum specialist. Mm. Um, and uh, I uh, I just had a had a bit of a toothache on my on my top left premolar. Um, that's because there's a little gap between my tooth enamel and my gum because my gum just came back a little bit because I bought a new electric toothbrush. <laughs> You've just uh, been motoring that thing off your... Yeah, and I just like <laughs> blasted, blasted my gum right off of my tooth. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm laughing, dude. It's just uh, it's, no, it's it's a bit fine. of a funny story. <laughs> yeah, no, it's going to cost me a good like 10K to get it sorted out. Oh, jeez. Wow. <laughs> Uh, but you, you told me because I also had like quite a hard toothbrush and you're like, no, you should just use a softer toothbrush. Um, yeah. So I went out and I got myself a soft one. It's way better for like, you know, I was brushing and my gums were like 
feeding into the world. Right? Yeah, no. So 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 I went and yeah, got a got an electric toothbrush, and it just I, I was way too way too strong. So I'm not I'm not like, using an electric take, toothbrush like anymore. Taking a chainsaw to to your mouth. Um, but uh, it's also I'm going to have like a very minor a very minor surgery where they just like uh, essentially put the gum a bit further down on my tooth. Mm. Um, but during that time, I won't really be able to uh, to have anything but water for a couple of days. Wow. Um, well, any any uh, any drinks but water because mm. I can kind of like eat food but i need to you know chew on the other side of my mouth and mm. try and keep that area as sterile as possible wow. um so i think i'm going to use that as a uh, as a cut back my my caffeine intake again mm. and to like cut back you know to a cup a day and then i'm back up at like three four cups <laughs> a day within a couple of months and then i cut back to a cup a day so i'm I'm gonna go off coffee for for a week. Deal with the uh, yeah. <laughs> deal with the caffeine addiction. Yeah, and uh, yeah, take it from there. Yeah, I mean, I I've also mm-hmm. I kind of settled into a two cups per day kind of uh, strategy. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I think yeah for me also caffeine is one of those things that I probably can never give up. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, but you know, I I think I'm getting better sleep uh, as it, as it get as it goes, and I I think for me that's just about keeping stress low uh, and uh, that's kind of the thing that makes me get to sleep that's actually yeah something that we didn't even really discuss but I guess it's it's fairly fairly um, obvious is what keeps a lot of people up is the combination of these factors and also stress 